You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step with your host, Sean Morash. Welcome into One Giant Step. It is your host, Sean Morash, but a special co-host today, Bryce Gelman, a young Giant fan, 14 years younger than me because I need to start talking to younger Giant fans because the older ones are driving me freaking nuts. He's from 2400 Sports, another throw-up Syracuse graduate. Bryce, good morning. How are you? I am doing extremely well, and thank you so much for having me on, Sean. Uh, All right. (laughs) I appreciate it. Bryce, you did a lot of work uh, on my time on the DA show a little bit, and a a lot of work for a little bit, Um, calling me my formal name, which is very nice. Thank you, Bryce. All right, so. This is a uh, not-so-fun week in a year that's piling up with not-so-fun weeks. On Evan and Tiki on WFAN, free on the Odyssey app as well, as this podcast is, uh, I, I made an offhanded comment that I cannot believe it's only week six, where usually we're saying, I can't believe it's already week six in the NFL. And that is life as a Giant fan, one year removed from a playoff season, and where this season has spiraled to. Uh, one in five, as all of you know listening, is reality. <laughs> One in six is very much on. Wait, no. What are we? One in four. We're on. One in five is on the table as the Giants head to Buffalo for. I can't believe this. Another primetime game. Sunday night football that was not flexed out. As we tape this on Friday morning, October the thirteenth, Daniel Jones is not officially ruled out. However, not practicing in back-to-back days. Honestly, you could crush me on any podcast or after listening to this. If he decides to play, I can't imagine he will. Andrew Thomas is still not practicing. Saquon Barkley is practicing and ramping up, but beat reporters have speculated as late as Thursday night that they wouldn't be shocked again if he misses this game, meaning it's Terod Taylor time. So let's just start with this on the Daniel Jones injury front, Bryce. That neck injury, hearing that it, you know, it's different than the one two years ago. Well, it clearly is because the one two years ago, he actually did practice in non-contact situations, just didn't end up playing in the games. Um, I personally think, regardless long-term, short-term, Daniel Jones shouldn't step foot on a football field again until Andrew Thomas is ready to play. Yeah, and you can't play him against the Bills. Absolutely. One of the top defenses in the league. If you throw him out there, you're absolutely jeopardizing every single bit of that $40 million that he's owed the next two years. I just don't see the upside in playing a guy who's clearly hurt against the top defense or one of the top three defenses in the league. That's going to absolutely dismantle 
the Giants, especially, as you said, without Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas needs to be in if Daniel Jones is going to be in. And if he's 50%, is he 60, if, if he's 60%, 70%, he needs to be 100%, I think, yeah. before you throw him out there. Again, this is one of the top defenses in the league. They would be absolutely insane. Insane if they throw him out there against the Buffalo Bills in a primetime game. What is Daniel Jones? He's 0-12? Well, one and eleven, and Bryce. One and eleven. Okay. One don't, and, I think actually one and twelve now. He was awful versus Seattle. I get it. A he's lot awful of these in prime, every primetime game. That's not every true. Game of his career. That's not true. Mo, okay, he, Mo, he, let's he, say he should have been watching on Thursday night. Darius Slayton drops a big pass. Evan Ingram versus the Eagles a few years ago on Thursday. He's made plays in these games to win primetime games, but not not a few weeks ago. But the bottom line is this: regardless, he will stack up another loss in this spot. Um. I was high on Daniel Jones last year, 15th in passing yards. I know everybody points to the 15 touchdown passes and politely ignores the seven runs. He still had 22 total touchdowns, didn't play the final game of the season. Uh, clearly, I thought with an increase in weapons, where has Jalen Hyatt been? You add Darren Waller. I thought this would be a better version of Daniel Jones. He hasn't taken that next step. Now, I believe he hasn't taken that next step because he's absolutely being pummeled and taken a beating. I think those things go hand in hand. You can rise above it. He has not been able to rise above it. Uh, I believe that the Andrew Thomas injury more than anything else spiraled and snowballed this thing because on a bad unit, he is an elite player that the team could not afford to lose. But now as we sit here, Bryce, I got to be honest with you. You talk about not not running him out there this week. I know they gave him the contract. You know, we really get at a crossroads, and and we're going to tackle these next couple weeks as they come Washington, the Jets, the Raiders, which, sorry, Jet fans, close your ears. All three of those games are winnable if guys are back. But I don't know, man. I It's not even an anti-Jones the player thing. I really am starting to get more on board with the idea of getting in the top five and taking a quarterback just for – you got a guy with a neck injury two out of three years at 26 years old. How can I trust he's going to be healthy year in and year out? That's just not the New York way, though. And I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day. When was the last team a New York team actually tanked correctly? What happens is, is they start off terrible. In this, in, in this case, listen, in, in this case, one in four with the Giants. And they have a chance to get a top five quarterback. One of the top three quarterbacks in the draft with the top five pick. And that's just not the thing that's going to happen. The Giants are going to go – the Giants are going to win seven games. They're going to put themselves in the middle of the pack in the draft. They're not going to get a great player because we've seen two straight drafts. Well, not, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna, you know, make a comment on this past draft, but in the 2021 – the 2022 draft, drafting, obviously, you know, Evan Neal and Kayvon. Evan Neal is one of the worst tackles to ever play football. Yeah. So you can't really trust this team with a middle round, a middle middle of the first round pick right now. But that's realistically what's going to happen. Because as you said, there are a bunch of winnable games ahead for the Giants. So I think that that would be the smart thing to do, to hold Daniel Jones out until he's 100%, lose potentially the next three or four games. That's just not what's going to happen. You know that. You know better. I, they well, could potentially beat the Jets. They could potentially beat the Raiders. Like, th this is what's going to happen. They're just not going to end up with a top they pick because they're going to look somewhat competent. They had that year where they said, I'm forgetting the season. It was with it was an Eli year where they started 0-6. And, and I remember going, uh, the first win they had was versus Josh Freeman on Monday Night Football. G Giants bad in prime time again. 
Uh, and they rattled off four straight wins, and the NFCs ended up coming back to the pack and being bad. And they played the Dallas Cowboys at four and six with a chance to either tie them or pull a game back and get into like a playoff position that early after starting 0 and 6. And they lost the game. Cowboys rallied late, and the season kind of fell apart. But yes, we've been through these giant seasons where they rally. But I, man, I don't know. This Andrew Thomas injury, how he's not even practicing. I just don't know when the horses come together for this team to win games. And I think that we will have our answer pretty quickly, Bryce. I know what you're saying because I've looked at the schedule too. But I really think that this three-game stretch after what's going to happen with this Bills game will tell a, a you know a long way here. Like if they win a couple games, sure, then they're probably not going to be in that top five or whatever. But I just think that when you think about Daniel Jones himself, I am a Daniel Jones stan. I'm a Daniel Jones believer. I have been. But uh, whether you want to fight about whether he's good or not, I don't think you could fight about this injury thing. Like, I, I do think that Joe Shane has to have the honest assessment of he's been banged up with lower leg injuries. Two out of three years, a neck injury. And when he's making comments this week about, you know, oh, if I get hit the wrong way, this, that, the other. I mean, ideally, if he's a really good franchise quarterback, we're talking about, forget this immediate contract, the next 10 years of Daniel Jones. Yeah. How often... Yeah. Are you going to be having a high draft pick if on his good, healthy years, you're a nine-win team, you're a 10-win team, things come together? Man, if this thing does spiral, I almost think they're left with no choice but to strike on a quarterback. Yeah, again, like it's not totally his fault, but he is at fault for a lot in this yeah. offense. And how this but the health, man, forget him being at fault. It's the trust of trusting your quarterback to be healthy. Of course, I understand that, but you're throwing him out there with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. He gets hit. He's a running quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He takes rough hits in every single game. You watch every game. You watch every second of every game. Sometimes you watch it twice or three times. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You know how hard Daniel Jones gets hit. And he always gets right back up. He's a tough he's guy. Tough. You he's know he's a tough. tough guy. He gets hit. He always pops right back up. Most of the time, listen, obviously, you know, this 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 neck injury aside, he pops right back up. Everything's fine. They get him, you know, for the, for the next play. They don't even have to take him out. This guy can't fully be blamed for all of these injury problems because he doesn't have a serviceable off. Forget, forget good offensive line, a serviceable right. offensive line. Last week, every five, five of those guys on the offensive line were bottom five yeah. in all of PFF's rankings. Do you know who's the only person who Evan ranked Neal. worse? You know, you know who's the only person who ranked worse than Evan Neal? I don't. Izedu or Izedu. Uh, Azudu, so, Azudu, however, yeah, but, however but, but see, dude, 
They used the top 100 pick on Josh Azudu as a guard out of North Carolina. He's being asked to do something at left tackle. That he, he's not He's not a left tackle. It's not his fault. And that's what I mean. This Thomas injury has now screwed left tackle. Azudu would be an upgrade at guard over Marcus McEthan. Ben Bredesen now stinks at center, is pretty good at guard, has had yeah. to slide over because of the JMS injury. And Evan Neal is still basically a bag of turds, essentially. Um, I will also say this. We don't know where it stands on Friday, and they're clearly going to have to elevate Tommy DeVito off the practice squad to back up to Rod Taylor, and they get those two practice squad elevations. Don't, don't get me started about Tommy DeVito. We have to put Tommy DeVito. As a Syracuse well, guy, he was a bum. I'm sorry. Well, listen. You guys, you guys, whatever you saw in the preseason, oh, he looked, oh, he looked solid. I watched two years of him at Syracuse. He was terrible. He was I'm awful. Not, look, I'm not He had to go to you. Illinois. He got ran out of Syracuse. He got ran out of one of the worst Power 5 programs. He went to Illinois. Price. He was actually solid there. So. I'm not telling you to be excited about Tommy DeVito. I'm telling you the reality is they're going to have to have dress a backup quarterback. But because of that, the two elevations, Justin Pugh's got to be one. I'm sorry. You signed him two weeks ago to the practice squad now. We are at the depths of hell on the offensive line. He's meeting the media, it seems like, every day because he's a good leader and everything. I got to see Justin Pugh in one of these guard spots somewhere. maybe And play him at right guard next to uh, Evan Neal. Remember, Pugh played a lot of right tackle early in his career, too. Ironically, another Syracuse guy to help out Evan Neal. They have to do something like that. to change. You can't have Jalen Mayfield, Jalen Thomas, all these you know undrafted rookies playing. Uh, I don't know. And by the way, Buffalo is still going to get after him. They don't have Matt Milano in this game. Uh, they don't have Daquan Jones. So I can't believe I'm just get, I'm grasping at anything. By the way, you mentioned Tommy DeVito real quickly. And before I get to some of these injury things with Brian Dable, we have now seen twice in his two years with the Giants outside of like coming in at the two minute warning, uh, significant snap play by Terod Taylor last week versus Miami. Okay, and last year versus the Chicago Bears. In both of those games, behind this offensive line, Terod Taylor has gotten hurt. He got the concussion versus the Bears, and then last year, last week with the wind knocked out of him. Um, I almost feel for Terod Taylor. He's going to have to be running all over the place, and hopefully his confidence won't be shaken early. I mean, how do you even trust that he comes out of this game healthy? And the two times I've seen him behind the offensive line, he hasn't. You could put any quarterback in the league behind this offensive line. And within one to two games, they're going to get shaken up. They're going to get injured in some in some way. You can't trust anyone to go out there and play a solid game behind this offensive line. And you can't trust any of these guys to go out there and not get hurt. And as you said, to Rod Taylor, two games he's played, he's already been injured. There's, it's it's the most, it's the craziest thing ever that we're still talking about the offensive line. That for eight years, for for, for seven to eight years, this has been the Giants' Achilles heel. This has been the one thing that every single general manager has said, we are going to fix. We're going to do it no matter what, no matter what we need to do, how many assets, how many, you know, how many trades we need to make, how many draft picks that we need to you know, devote towards the offensive line. And we're still talking about it. And this offensive line is the worst offensive line. The worst, that we, we, the worst iteration of offensive lines that we're talking about. And that was a problem five, six, seven, eight years ago. All the it's assets. It's incredible. It's incredible that, that we're still discussing now, this right now. Now, I do have to say, it doesn't really matter right now. Again, Andrew Thomas, we know is elite. I liked what I've seen from John Michael Schmitz, who unfortunately got hurt. I do think that there's a potential that they've at least shored up two of these positions, but they both are out right now with injury. And, and, and that Bredesen, does make, And Bredesen, too. And, and Bredesen, Bredesen too. Guard. Like, in theory, 
the starters. Now, Evan Neal is still a really big problem at right tackle. In theory, the starters aren't as bad as the means of where we are right now due to injury. Okay. Now, as far as those injuries go, uh, I had mentioned this on on WFAN on Thursday's show. Brian Dable being a little aloof here is starting to really piss me off. And I love Dabes, and I am not calling for his firing. I'm not trying to, you know, proclaim that he should be the same route as McAdoo, Shermer, and Judge, where it's two years and you're gone. Um, he did not necessarily bring in all of these players. I'm sure he has plenty of say with Joe Shane. And maybe he's a victim of his own success in year one, where this was going to be a little bigger project than he brought on. So for all those, I'm not saying the farm, but it doesn't mean he always gets bouquets. You're allowed to criticize him. We now have had so many injuries, again, not necessarily his fault, that I hate the way he's handled them with the media and to the fans in terms of talking. The fact that we were teased and led on to believe that there was even a chance Andrew Thomas could play versus Arizona in week two, and we are now at week six. And he's not practicing. Now, he did attempt, and he had a little bit of a setback, but that means he wasn't close to playing in Arizona. And it's just why. Why even tease? Now we're done teasing that, thankfully. The Saquon injury. When he had the nerve on a short week to say he wouldn't rule him out versus San Francisco. And again, here we sit at week six, four weeks later, and he still may not be able to play. And the Daniel Jones thing. All right, it's good to be honest that Daniel Jones told you he's okay. But he had not gone through an MRI. He had been through neck injuries before to not even be practicing at a position where there was no contact in practice and still say, we're not going to rule him out. What is this gamesmanship? It's horse crap. You're not giving anybody, you know what? Everybody's competitive advantage against the giants is playing the giants. You're not giving anybody a competitive advantage. <laughs> I'm so worked up. I'm sneezing. Bless you. Bless you. I mean, are you, are you getting a little tired of, uh, tired of Dave's here with this crap, Bryce? Well, after hearing it for the last five years with Aaron Boone, yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, he's, it's, it's the Aaron Boone playbook of talking to the media about injuries. And it has gotten me so fired up in recent years with the Yankees that now I'm almost like numb to it. I'm not, I'm not putting any stock into this. This season's already a lost cause for me. At one and four, you still could make a run. You still could get in, sure his, you, uh, you know, in, in the in wild card weekend. The Lions were one and six last year. Yeah, yeah, I just think that there was always the hope that they could turn it around. There wasn't the expectation that the Giants would make the play or the, the Lions would make the playoffs at that point. I think way higher expectations for the Giants in year two, looking to see how they'll build on last year. But the sophomore slump has hit Dave's heart. And I feel like now he's kind of like, he's reeling from all this. And he's trying to do anything he can. I feel like not only to hype up his guys to be like, all right, all right, media, Andrew Thomas, there's a chance he plays to somehow magically get Andrew Thomas up and going in practice. But he's also doing it because what other option does he have? As you said, the biggest advantage that these opponents have of playing the Giants is playing the Giants. He's trying to get any sort of advantage that that he could get. And our opportunity to stun the opponent, which it never seems to happen. The second these guys trot out onto the field, they get ran off the field. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that specific line. The second they trot on the field, they get ran off the field. I think that the Daniel Jones injury and the way the offensive line specifically looked in the second half of this game versus Miami that just passed clouded something. For a lot of that first half versus Miami, I don't think it looked as bad as it did. Seattle, I thought, was the pinnacle of looking bad. They even hung in there versus San Francisco for a little bit. Obviously, Dallas was a whole other story in week one. But, you know, Daniel Jones, I thought, 
made some plays despite the O-line, didn't look as shaken, wasn't helped out. Darren Waller drops a pass. I thought Eric Gray ran the ball okay. I didn't, and even the defense, look, every time they made a big play and made a big turnover, they went right back and let Miami gash him down the throat. So I'm not trying to paint this rosy picture, but I don't think that they, you know, it wasn't until late in that game, and especially when the wheels fell off and Jones got hurt, where it was like, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same way where the Giants didn't deserve to be on the field this week. I really didn't feel that way. I remember off the pick six, they they did go down to the half down one score. I know these are very low bars and low wins here, but I don't buy that this Giants team can't go out there and compete right from the opening snap. I'm sorry. They look like they were playing a different sport than the Miami Dolphins. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins were coming out of here with all these different formations and sets. The Giants oh, were for sure. on their heels. And this, it, but this they is hung the Miami in there. Dolphins team. They did. They did at, at first. Again, as you said, it wasn't a huge halftime deficit. And this again, this Miami Dolphins team is it has the most yards through 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 what five games in NFL history. Yeah, like th- this is one of the most incredible offenses to ever step foot on a football field. Yes, in that first half, the Giants did keep up with them, but after that, what? Where? Where? Like, there was nothing to be excited about, and it, it's like okay. Take every single game. Okay, they, they, they kept them close. Is that what we're really chalking up as wins these days? That Oh, oh they, they, they were close with the 49ers until the fourth quarter. Is that, I mean, is that really where we're at right now? And it is, unfortunately. Now, Bryce, let me ask you, at 22 years old, how did you become a Giant fan? I became a Giant fan because they were the best team in New York when I was getting into football. That's how right. it is with the Yankees. and. Uh, so nothing. it didn't have anything to do with your parents? I Giants does not run in my family. Uh my really? my uncle is my uncle's a Giants fan, huge Giants fan. My grandpa was a Jets fan and my two other I had I had three grandpas and grandpa gets a divorce. So it was no, like I 20 got years before I was born. So all three of them, one of them was a Jets fan, the other two not even really football fans. My dad knows nothing about football. Like he has a fantasy team in our in our family league and his girlfriend runs it. So wow. that's, okay. that's over well, at. He Art, knows so, nothing about football. So you're actually the perfect person to ask then because like it for a lot of us with the Giants, family runs deep. And maybe it will eventually for you. You know, you have kids, you pass it on or yeah. whatever. Like, it, it just, that's what's in your blood. And football, I think specifically, because it's a once a week kind of thing. Um, So you basically, you became a Giant fan because they were the best team in town. So a young future Bryce now is not going to be a Giant fan. Maybe they're a Chief fan or something else. So I ask this because we are in such a dark era of Giants football that finally had a blip last year, and it looks like we're going to continue the dark era at least for a little bit until they figure this out, and maybe until they figure out an offensive line and a quarterback. Do you envision a, a point in your life where you're no longer a Giants fan, or is that it? They have no, you forever no matter it's what. A, it's, a, it's a forever thing. That Okay, that's the up, right answer. Growing up I, here in New York, I'm, I'm – it's not. It's not in my blood. It was oh. in my blood as a as a seven eight year old because I started as a Boston Celtics fan, Ugh. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I became a Nets fan because then I'm from New Jersey and we had season right. tickets and they were dirt cheap because they sucked. And then eventually, my family. This is the the one sport where, it, yeah, I mean, my family has had season tickets for like fifty plus years. Like I had to come over to the the dark side. All right, so and basketball that, you yeah. flopped around, but at least it's in your blood. I only say this because this is my fear with the Giants. I think they're losing a generation here, and they got to figure this crap out. I don't think so. I think that there are so many different guys from your generation that are just having kids right now or have already had kids that are raising their kids like you are as Giants fans. And those kids, 
listen, if they're able to turn this around the next five years, those kids aren't going to remember being three and four with Ben McAdoo. Okay, with, with, maybe you're with, right. So that's the thing. These kids, it's been – okay, what, what I'll say is if, if you had a kid in 2016, 2015, fine. Those kids – have the opportunity because they witnessed this right. past year. And honestly, that might be their first memory of football. My first memory of football is David Tyree's catch in the Super Bowl. Is is really incredible. tuning into that into that I was. I was I was I just turned seven like two days before. I was extremely hyped up. I was at my family friend's house. That was one of the best moments I have as a sports fan. People are like, you don't remember like my Cowboys fan friends who always love to talk, you know what? Yeah. I well, no like, Cowboys. I remember fans. it. Yeah. Were you were you born in nineteen ninety five? The last time you guys were in a championship game? No. No, I so, hear you, man. I hear you. My first great think, sports memory is the 94 Rangers season. Yeah, so I, I think I was these, these kids have the opportunity to eventually tune into a better product. And until that happens, mm-hmm. maybe just don't watch football. Maybe just don't show your kids what's Price, going on with the look, Giants. You're passing the sniff test as a Giant fan here on one thank Giant you, step. Okay. You, All right, let's get to our fantasy versus reality segment like we'd like to do every week. And, boy, this has gotten really out of hand. Last year was fun. Oh, Saquon here. Maybe I'll play Isaiah Hodgins here. So how this works, if you're a first-time listener, bless your heart. Welcome aboard One Giant Step, free on the Odyssey app. Everywhere podcasts are available. We give you a fantasy play for the game. And then the, uh, you know, the reality of how the only way the Giants can win a game. It used to be the reality of how the Giants can win the game. Now it's the reality of the only way we can envision the Giants. Winning the game. Bryce, I will go and you could follow my lead here. If I'm playing a giant in fantasy this week, oh, this is going to be a reach. <laughs> I'm playing the giant defense. Oh my God. I'm playing the giant defense from this standpoint. Couple turnovers finally last week. Kayvon now is four sacks in three games. And also, this is going to spin into the reality portion. This is why it's my fantasy play. The reality of this game, the only way the Giants can win this game is Josh Allen, for all the talk about Daniel Jones turds, sometimes just has these games where he's throwing inexplicable interceptions. He did it week one versus the Jets. Um, You know, even last week in London, he had some just mind-numbing throws. A couple picks gives you a giant defensive play because you can't play anybody on offense right now. And the only way the Giants were even hesitantly in the game with Miami last week was, of course, the fact that Miami had turned the ball over. So I think it needs to be more of that. Now, the caveat is, despite the fact that Buffalo dropped the 40-burger and beat Miami, I don't think that you'll be in a spot where Buffalo is going to score 36, 38 points in this game. I think the game can come back to you if Josh Allen throws a couple picks. Terod Taylor's got to stay healthy. Uh, He's got to be extremely mobile. And if he's making every third down with his legs, that's totally fine. Uh, And my only hope and prayer is that Tyrod Taylor is not beaten down the way Daniel Jones is mentally. Uh, and maybe it allows him to stand in there. And, oh, by the way, last week, Darren Waller made a catch with Terod Taylor through the ball four yards behind him. He hasn't made a play like that for Daniel Jones all year. So get the turnovers from Josh Allen. Therefore, the defense is the play, and just hope Terod Taylor is not shell-shocked back there, and that's the only way the Giants shock the Bills on Sunday night. Bryce, take it away. So I don't want to be a Debbie Danner, or I guess a realist in the situation, by saying don't play anyone. On the Giants, which you easily could say. That's because not the, the name past- of the game. You got to I know, I know, I know, and I will. Over the past five years, there really hasn't been anyone besides Saquon Barkley that's worth playing in fantasy football. I drafted Daniel Jones this year, expect obviously expecting the Giants to be this juggernaut. Or not not a juggernaut, but a, a, a competent football team. 
that can actually throw the ball downfield that yeah. can get the ball to Darren Waller. And speaking of Darren Waller, that's the one guy I play in fantasy right now. That's the one guy. I think he showed a lot last week with the 87 receiving yards. Uh, he's now has two games over 70 receiving yards, which, you know, isn't, isn't great. He's the best giant tight end since Jeremy Shockey. And this is the game plan needs to be simple. The scheme, it, it, whatever, get the ball, the Darren Waller. Like, get get the ball to the one good option you have on the field. You see the Chiefs do it because that's the most – I'd say that's the, the closest example that the Giants have. Obviously, better offensive line, the best quarterback in the NFL, but they don't have any options with the receivers. Right. The Giants honestly have better options. Put Paris Campbell on – on uh, put Jalen Hyatt, put Paris Campbell on the Chiefs. They're – they're more than, what two or three on, oh, on the other depth chart, right? I'm with you. So get the ball to your best option in space, and I think that that's what the Giants did last week, and I think that that's what they'll do this week. And it, now, do I get into the port, the reality portion? Like the only way that, the Giants can win the game, give it to me. The only way the Giants can win the game, I agree with you. I'm going to piggyback off what you're saying. Is if Josh Allen makes stupid, inexplicable turnovers, which the Giants need to get to the quarterback, they they, they need. Kayvon needs to continue this you know, upwards trend where now yeah. he has, I think, what, three sacks in the last? Four it, sacks in the last three four games. Four sacks in the last. Okay, yeah. So he continues getting to the quarterback. Dexter Lawrence continues to disrupt. Make make him miss. Make him miss. Yeah. Get to the quarterback. Make him make some bad throws. That's the only chance they have of winning this game. That actually is their only chance of keeping this game close. Because yeah. if, if, if they can't get to the quarterback, this game is over right when it starts. I agree. I just like every agree. just like every game this year besides the 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 Cardinals game. So, now that being said, Bryce, perfect time. Give me your game score and pick. So before the before this recording started, I, I said forty eight to fourteen. I think that's a little unrealistic because I agree with your point that this game could be kept close for a while. I don't see the Bills putting up. 40 piece on the Giants. I do think it's going to be a big blowout. And there's a reason why this line is 14 and a half in favor of Buffalo. I say 34. I'd say 34 to 14. Let's, wow. let's, let's take it down a notch. Not 44 to 14. So they lose by 20. They lose by 20. I think that's realistic. Uh, I think the Giants get shut out. I think they lose this game 32 to nothing. Uh, and then the big talk on Monday is, oh, my God, it got worse without Daniel Jones. So that's it. I wish I could be positive, Giant fans. I can. We'll regroup and then eye some games that may or may not be winnable and see who's back next week. And that's the bottom line. By the way, quick little plug. If you are going to the Giant Commander game, stop by Reds before the game because I will be out there as part of a WFA and tailgate. And you'll have the ability to throw more trash at more ash. Yes, you'll be able to pick up garbage for a charitable cause pending and you will be able to throw garbage at me. so that's where we're at in the giant season that's the big highlight and oh by the way if andrew thomas and saquon play versus the jets and they lose i will be forced to wear a banana hammock to work so all these things are going on right now in the giant world what's not going on is playoff expectations thank you to our producer james bryce it was great having you on man great having thanks you for on. having me thanks for having me sean Remember, you can download and subscribe to One Giant Step free on the Odyssey app everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you, everybody, for taking One Giant Step with us. 